and welcome to Second Rate Film School. I'm Andrew. Today we're going to be talking about one of my personal favorite Halloween specials, The Adventures of Pete and Pete episode Halloweenies, which, crazy enough, actually premiered 28 years ago today on October 9th, 1994. This show is really beloved by the fans and has actually inspired a lot of really cool artwork that you can see here on the video's thumbnail. So I've decided I want to talk about it, of course, but who should I talk about this with? Eh, why not the people who made it? So joining me today as my special guests are series co-creator Will McRobb. Hello. Series co-creator and the episode's writer, Chris Viscardi. Hello. And returning friends of the show, the episode's director, Peter Lauer. Hi, Andrew. The episode's director of photography, John Inwood. So, so before we dive into it, um, you know, what does this episode mean to you guys particularly? And you know, when did you learn that the fans had such a great attachment to it? I never knew there was a, f a fervor about it. I mean, some shows <laughs> are fan favorites that I've heard about, but uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I never. I mean, it should, if if it is one, it should be one. That's for sure. But I, I didn't really. I didn't really know it was like a you know one of the you know you know worthy of a podcast i'm glad to hear about it though have you guys, have you guys heard about uh, the popularity of this of this particular show well it was the season two finale second episode i shot and i was aware of how big i mean going into it we were we were terrified <laughs> the production was terrified because it was, we knew it was huge i know going into it we were we were really excited to make a halloween episode will and i love halloween and um halloween is very pete and pete in a million and one ways um, and I think as we started crafting the story and getting into the scripting part of it, and obviously when we started working with Peter and John on the production, definitely started to feel bigger and bigger and bigger, a lot more bigger, a lot bigger than many of our other episodes. So it's, it's, it's interesting to hear that it was actually the uh, finale of season two. I <laughs> probably, probably use every like dime and penny that we had left <laughs> and put it into what we needed to pull off this episode. I seem to remember back in the, in those like th these days, it's, uh, you, know, you get to the finale episode and productions will save money for them. They'll stow it away, but back then it was like you just ran out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will I will say I mean now that I'm thinking about it, what makes this um, kind of a quintessential Pete and Pete episode is that the um, you know a very uh, popular theme in the series is about. Um, you know, with the two brothers who are at different ages and struggling to uh, continue to find common ground as, as um, Big Pete grows up. I mean, Halloween is the uh, the perfect, um, you know, diagram of like you, uh, one year you're getting candy and trying to break a record and, uh, you know, think, hoping you got a cool costume. And then the next year, if you're in the puberty zone, you, you, you everything you're doing on Halloween is destroy its existence. You know what I mean? It's, so you go from embracing it to like despising it because you're, now you're no longer a kid and you just think it's bullshit. So it's a, a show that um, uh, in some ways defined itself by kind of saying, uh, maybe you don't have to grow up too fast. You know, maybe um, it's okay to go be trick-or-treating when you're 14 um, It uh, or any of the number of things we did on our show that uh, kind of bridged the gap between being a kid and being a teenager. Uh, this show's probably, uh, you know, sparkling example of... Uh, why you should fight that urge to uh, give up on your childhood. And John and Peter, you would probably know, I, I slips, completely slipped in line. So it was a, it was the uh, last episode of season two, uh, which means it must've aired around Halloween, but when, what time of year did we shoot it in? Was it not the fall? 
No. We, no, we, we shot the. It was must have been early September, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there was. We knew we were aware that there was this issue with the foliage, but our post. I mean, the amazing thing is, that, I mean, what what year was this? Nineteen ninety five or so? Four. Um, <clears throat> or four. Uh, it was it was a huge concern and and. We didn't know how to address it, but we t talked to Post and said, "Oh well, we can, you know, we can turn the leaves, uh, the, we can change the color in Post, which was amazing. And, and and because they're green, like green screen, they were able to do it even back then, and they did such wow. a great job. I think convincing. Well, yeah, I, really, I was really delighted and surprised by how yeah the job they were able to do with that. Sometimes you can see there are certain shots where it doesn't work. You still, you still see that the trees are fully greened out." But generally, it was a pretty good job. And, and John Yuck, you know, had lots of uh, Halloween leaves to throw around in our foreground. Right. Yeah, John Yuck was the production designer. He did a terrific job. Yeah, I think this is the biggest production episode production I think we probably ever had on the series. And uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's probably, shows. Probably, I was just because it's probably a good reason that it was uh, the last episode. Considering uh, we never shot in the same town twice because they are all excited to have us. In the summer and then by by the end of the season they're like you have to leave we <laughs> we were run out of town. yeah we were right out of town <laughs> so this one was this one was this one was shot all at night of the most probably the most aggravating episode ever to be shot in your neighborhood <laughs> so if we'd done it next to last we probably would have had to shoot somewhere else for the final show and i do remember after the episode premiered and the couple years following that just to go back to your earlier question andrew about when and if we knew that the that the show was special in the audience's mind i think we started to feel like it was to a certain extent because the episode has such scale to it it's a, such a big episode in a lot of ways but also there's lots of uh, a lot more like danger and tension and stakes that seem more life and death in this episode than there were in others so i think for that reason for fans it probably stands out for hopefully a number of reasons, but one of them is just the stakes of the story just feel really big. It definitely feels, I would say probably as much as any of our, uh, most of our episodes felt cinematic, but this one felt w even more cinematic than others just because of the type of story it was and how these guys handled the production and, and made it as look as epic and beautiful and and fall like, even though it was early September, apparently when we shot it. Chris, I think, Chris, I think the, if I might be wrong about this, but the only episode that maybe had higher stakes than this one was um, uh, what's what was the name of the um, field trip episode? Oh, Das Bus, that one. No, no, oh, or Yellow Fever. Yellow, Yellow Fever, Fever, where the yeah. the stakes were a, a, a bus filled with children going off a cliff. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> How we got away with it, I have no idea. Another one of those kid shows. We did some pretty, pretty ambitious uh, stunts, and it was all at night. Yeah, and no, it wasn't. Challenging. No, a lot, a lot of it was. A lot of it was in the day. I remember. Um, and I, I remember, like you know, wishing there was some way to oh. to, to make more of the trick or treating at night. We just couldn't do it. And I had, I had to embrace really the reality that a lot of trick or treating these days, anyway, begins in the That's day. Early. Yeah. All right, well, I think that's a good enough place to transition to the commentary itself, as any. Um, if you're listening to the audio version of this on Podbean or Apple Podcasts or whatever, um, you might actually want to come over to the YouTube version because unlike most other things I do the commentary tracks for, 
Nickelodeon really doesn't seem to care about this being up and just out there on YouTube. So I'm actually going to include the full episode in the video itself. So, you know, come on here and enjoy. Well, time to put a transition effect or something. So first off, right off the bat, like I love all these little transitions you guys have with the overlays of the door. And as we see going through to the moon, transitioning to the candy bowl soon. Um, when did that come into the, like the product production? Was that scripted or did that come um, from like your mind, Peter? I think that was me. I'm sure it was because I was so into that kind of thing at that time. Was that door a little toy door that we had, Peter? Or was it a real door? Yeah, that it was, we, a, little, it was a little miniature, little miniature door. Miniature. Yeah, <laughs> Peter. Yeah. Hey, Peter. Peter, what was the? Do you remember any of your Halloween costumes? I always think of you as like kind of a edgy guy. Were your costumes reflective of your? I was very craftsy. My my, my I got it from my mom. So I would like would like make like hot rods out of cardboard boxes and stuff like that. You know, coffins, <laughs> and I'd be like the corpse in the coffin would open up at the door and that kind of thing. Nice, nice. My son got that from me. Nice. Halloween goes. I want to be a box. I said, "Box? Well, that's easy. You can be a box." It's like, "Yeah, but I want the box to then transform into a monster." Nice. <laughs> nice. It's a great costume. What's amazing about Halloween? I grew up in you know Halloween country. I mean, everything that every classic Halloween thing that exists, you know, was part of my childhood, and uh, I think. Uh, you know, all these different like coming of age moments when you're a kid. Uh, Halloween is one that really wakes you up to like the, like, you know, there's sort of innocence about being a kid. And then that's Halloween, which is like a, ho a holiday that just seems like it's built for kids. And then there's this whole like teenage uh, element to it. And, and they basically go to the front of your house where, where you know, like <laughs> 10 feet from your door. It takes up a you bought at the store and card with your dad. They just, like just smash it on the ground and just laugh and run away. Like, what, I don't think that happens on any other holiday. That's true. <laughs> yeah, set, set like, bags of shit on fire and running away. It's, it's good times. Michael Moran, let's see if he blinks. He's famous for not blinking when he was doing his on camera. And there he is, no blinking, no blinking. Look at That's that. Oh, one oh, there. Little, oh, little, little one. I don't think they have to really close. <laughs> John, what I think that uh, that Dolly movie had on this close-up was a little, 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 little uh, iffy at best. I think we got to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is kind of scary looking. Yeah, this is amazing. A little freaky. This has got all, this has got all the tricks in it. It's got the black and white. It's got uh, stunts. Nona Mecklenburg. Yeah, she was a stunt unto herself. <laughs> <laughs> So my question for you is, um, you know, obviously kids want to make sure they get as much candy as possible, um, and that would have been just a fine enough plot line, um, just, you know, little Pete wanting to get as much candy as humanly possible. Um, where did the idea of, you know, adding in the tension of the record come into play? I don't know. I think it's probably early on in our story process. Um, we like ideas. We like stories that have, like, a big kid stakes to them. Um, and obviously in this episode, we were looking at ways to kind of split up Pete and Pete before we bring them back together and then split them up again and bring them back together. Um, so it felt like we just wanted to elevate the activity more than just trick-or-treating to make, to make it a couple things. One, uh, a town record that the kids were pursuing, but also dialing up the um, stakes and danger uh, and potential end of Halloween in this episode as well. So I think 
those are probably two different ideas that we had when we were thinking about the stories. We figured out a way to combine them together. Um, and luckily, I think it worked. And, I, I um, love that Krebstar uh, product there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and the great Jim Lally, one of our many, uh, who plays the uh, crossing guard, uh, one of our many suburban heroes that we had on the show. Great New York character actor. So funny. Nobody, nobody could say uh, Chief better than that guy. <laughs> gotcha, Chief. Well, here's one of, here's one of our uh, dramatic scenes. Oh, in there. there you go. Apocalypse Now. Love one thing I'd like to see is... The sad clowns. Uh, yes. All, all of the PP episodes were very challenging, and um, Chris and Will and the uh, the other producers knew that, and so they demanded that the directors come in with a plan, which meant a shot list, storyboards, an overhead of all of where things were, and if it, w it looked like too absolutely unmakeable, you had to adjust it. But uh, Pete was Peter was very good at that. He would plan every single shot, storyboard it quite very specifically and and to the degree where you know each dramatic angle he was very specific about so you went in and you really knew you had you 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 had a game plan you had a good game plan so you had a shot at succeeding these, these, these locations were so were so cool to work with like you know these, these little alleys and these you know, these these old New Jersey neighborhoods where they offered so many, like their little labyrinths, you know, lots of nooks and crannies to work with. That, that well, looks so great. cool. Peter, you were, for Will and I at least, uh, you were famous on our production for your amazing storyboard, storyboards that you do for the episode. They were like, it was like reading a graphic novel of our own story before we shot it. <laughs> you, yeah. you still approach your directorial work that way? Do you still board in that, in that kind of style? Uh, only if I have to. I don't. Uh, I like back in those days. I would. I would literally draw every edit. Like if I would, you know, if, if there would be a close up, then you would cut to a wide shot, and then back to the close up. I'd draw the close up again. <laughs> you know? It was a little obsessive. Um, I love that though because it's it's so what you do early, what the kind of thing you do earlier on in your career, right? When you just want to get everything just right, you want it to be the exact execution of your vision. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, John Inwood, I know you've got a bunch of the uh, storyboards, I think, still in, in storage. Uh, I'd love to see them uh, yeah, one day because we should make a graphic novel collection of all, of all our storyboards. Whenever I, I, whenever I see on this mic, you know, uh, you know uh, a great uh, Rick Gomez uh, playing uh, a character, oh, he's just so lucky to have had him. And when I was watching uh, Band of Brothers, you know, that he's where he's in. I, I kept waiting for him to call one of the uh, Nazis a carrot head. Never happened. <laughs> yeah, that was very surreal for me as a kid watching Pete and Pete and then transitioning into Band of Brothers. I'm like, is that Endless Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Most people were freaking out about David Schwimmer, you know, Ross being in it. No, Endless Mike for me was the. Yeah, exactly. I, I just got a comment on that. These are, you know, and any, mo most shows would uh, fabricate these pumpkins. Those those guys are wearing actual pumpkins on their heads for, <laughs> for, for for a week running around rotting in the in the heat of like oh god oh god that would be so gross to them but um I just want to um bring up I what I love about Pete and Pete in general in this episode is a great example of it is I love how it like kind of plays into 
the logic a child would have. Kids are so afraid of their bullies that they say, no, 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 you don't understand. They're so tough, even the police are afraid of them. And that's just great that this crossing guard is helpless against them. Totally. That was the, the great Iggy Pop that just uh, passed by on our screen there. You got to almost. I think that was his first appearance ever in the show, right, Will? Yeah, I think so. I, I remember this is the first uh, episode. We were, we were, uh, we tell the story sometimes about, um, you know, we'd be at the monitor, you know, and whenever there was an occasion to give notes to an actor, you know, you scamper over the actor uh, and, and, and maybe you give a note or two and run back. And uh, when it was Iggy, because he, he was terrifying to us at the time, you know, or just intimidating. <laughs> just intimidating because he's Iggy Pop. He's Iggy Pop. Just a couple of dinks working for Nickelodeon. And uh, and so we'd just be like, you know, that, that performance, that line looked – would you get that was a little big was we should pull that back a little bit you want to tell him i'm not going to tell him you want to tell him i'm not telling him. <laughs> i think it was actually better than we thought let's keep it all right let's move on that's right <laughs> i recall, I recall okay. being like two like two takes and looks i mean you just look at this thing there's so many we, we shot so many shots it's insane it's for a, for a little half hour show but like we did like two takes you move on and you're yeah. two takes, you're like all right that's great moving on and he's like really <laughs> <laughs> how gorgeous that shot is I mean, I mean uh, John that's just like a that's a shot to yeah. die right there oh <laughs> yeah this is fantastic poor Ned Schliebley or whatever his name is look at him oh man <laughs> all alone in the yearbook this also Peter the way you and John shot this episode especially with these two like their relationship never felt more teenage and more fraught and more real. And more um, middle-aged. <laughs> exactly. That's true. Of married couple. Like, yeah. Peter, I, I remember, I remember, you know, like they had to be shot in a doorway and there's lots of doorway shots. And I remember you just explaining why it had to be in a doorway. You always had, you always had everything deconstructed. Yeah, it made total sense. Yeah, you're right. There's a, it's a passageway. They're passaging, passing exactly. into the you know. Totally. Just like the doorway at the very beginning that opens and closes, the door the boat boys just went through. Um, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was fresh off of watching uh, Bill Moyers interviewing Joseph Campbell. I was all into like image systems and stuff like that. Nice. <laughs> oh, and, and the... Uh, the McKee story structure seminars. Sure, sure. You know, I was just thinking, we, what we always talk about when we talk about the show is, uh, you know, as our, you know, I think we foolishly thought, and this is the first uh, production that Chris and I had ever worked on. And so we, we naturally thought that this is how it's always going to be, you know, and, uh, and nothing was, we were never permitted ever to do the things on other projects for kids that we did just very, in a very, just like, matter of fact way in this show I was just thinking along with the characters smoking and some episodes and a variety of other things that you can't believe we did we just saw a kid relieve himself into a into an astronaut suit so <laughs> yeah we, we were in a very fortunate time in our careers obviously we got the chance to make this with all these guys and everybody else and that was amazing but also Nickelodeon was kind of at the era where they weren't making a ton of original stuff and even if they were, P P was completely different from everything that they were making. They didn't completely understand the show, or so they really, uh, you know, was very hands off on the production, aside from a few instances here and there. So we really got to do what we wanted, which was you were unsupervised. 
Unsupervised. <laughs> well, except for one thing. There was one, one, we almost, uh, in the second season, we did a show that um, created such a hubbub at Nickelodeon that we almost didn't have a third season. This is a little bit of a juicy uh, in, uh, inside information. Um, it was the, if you've ever seen the um, the baseball episode, what's that one called, Chris? Uh, oh, yeah, Field of Peter? No, Field I can't remember. If you may remember, everybody gets a brain freeze uh, at the end, and they're all wandering around like they're having really bad drug trips. You know, just moaning and rolling on the ground, and you know, it, just, it looks like you know some uh, acid that had gone, you know, had gone bad. And um, and uh, we didn't intend it for that. We just were we were going with the idea of brain freeze, which is a classic kid thing. And and uh, I guess it had a psychedelic kind of quality to it with some of the lenses we were using. <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, the president of Nickelodeon was like really like uh, you know uh, he was getting a lot of calls. So <laughs> the Beatles have the same problem. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's like it was like our revolver. We kind of went psychedelic, and people didn't <laughs> people didn't understand it. This is uh, yeah. this scene. This scene in particular is funny because we were actually pel the crew was pelting the cast or Jim Lally with real eggs. <laughs> yeah, and my, and my car back there was stank stank of eggs for all oh, forever for the rest of its uh, life. <laughs> Somehow the Actors Guild let us do. Maybe they didn't know that we were doing that. Just pelting actors with real eggs <laughs> and the ear and the head. Did you notice oh, the, the the size discrepancy of uh, some of the? There's a, there's a double for for uh, Danny Danny and yeah. yeah. he's about <laughs> half his size because Danny had gotten <laughs> sick because we had too recently spray painted his helmet silver, and the fumes inside the helmet made, I think made him uh, I think he threw up at one point. Wow. wow. And we also, also like hours. I mean, we lost him because of hours, too many hours on set. <laughs> that's, that's probably why he didn't, doesn't have the helmet on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, I think there was a there was a scene where he was supposed to have it on. We took it off his head because yeah. he wasn't tolerating it any longer. You don't want him passing out. I'm Not sure the... Uh... This was probably if it was the last episode of the season that we that that aired was probably the last episode of the season maybe that we shot which is probably a good thing because I'm sure we were run out of town whatever town in New Jersey we were shooting at at the end of this episode, this production uh, they never wanted us to return as most towns in New Jersey never wanted us to return but this episode just was the, the streets were just littered with crap and pumpkins <laughs> splattered all over the place eggs on trees. I think what people I think what people were most upset about was like ten thousand watt lights uh, shining into the windows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this actor was quite brilliant. Lark, yeah. right? Lark Spees. Yeah, it was great. Was terrific. I had the pleasure of working with him later in Strangers with Candy for three seasons. Nice. It was a blast. Oh, and then in our little movie, John, and Crybaby Lane. Yeah. Yep. Now, so question part for the, the writing of this part. Um, you know, I think this is a good time to mention it as any. Um, so when this was filmed, you know, Big Pete is, or at least the actor, was 17 years old, and Little Pete um, was 12. So obviously, five-year age gap, you know, was consistent throughout the entire series. Do you think this was the perfect time to do this type of episode? Like, if you did this as one of the specials, much earlier on, do you think that gap wouldn't have been nearly pronounced enough for big Pete's yeah, that's Hollywood? a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. we. I think uh, this is the perfect time to do it. Yeah, they probably the age difference wouldn't have been as uh, significant earlier. So uh, I think, uh, and of course, by the third season, it's mostly about girls. So you know, we got to. And, and also in this episode, when Big Pete early in the story, and we have a flashback to it later, 
uh, when he picks up the bumpkin and smashes it. I don't know, it's such like a teen move to make and Ellen's by his side. Again, it kind of dips into that teen world in, in a nice way. This is a, one of my favorite sequences. I think that we ever shot. It was certainly the most action packed and I'm always impressed how athletic Michael Morona is here. Yes. But I remember when we shot this and posted it, it just, it was, I was just so excited because it was just, just you know, it just, I felt like I was watching a movie and certainly not a kid show. Yeah, a lot of times in the show, you know, the, the dangers and threats were like conceptual, like, you know, puberty is a threat or, you know, girls. And this episode, we're like, no, we have wild dogs chasing people. <laughs> wild dogs, stunts, bikes flying over fences and landing in pools. <laughs> That's amazing. One of the big thing, one of the big thing notes you get in kids TV is imitated. Like you can't do anything that a kid will imitate. Like everything in here would injure injure a kid. <laughs> I rode my bike off a off a off of a fence into a pool on P. I saw it on P and P. I can't feel my I can't feel my limbs. And I had a pumpkin on my head when I did. <laughs> something's wrong with my body. Shouldn't have done that. This leads us into this great sequence uh, that was this haunted house, right? Again, Michael Morona going above and beyond the call of duty uh, in, his, in his stunt work. In, in some ways, this episode is the most like, you know, Pete and Pete had a way of like, you know, warping childhood experiences almost into an unrecognizable degree. This, this like has every trope of Halloween. This is like a meat and potatoes episode, you know? It's like, totally. I want everything that makes Halloween great. And it's, uh, it's all here. And we can't hear it, but uh, I know it's like in, in the soundtrack of this, Peter, I know in post, you were very big on like those like horn stabs and string stabs, like right out of Psycho. Um, yeah. And just the, the soundtrack of it, even though it was probably stock music that we used for a lot of that stuff, added a whole other layer of like terror that you wouldn't find in a typical kid show. I, there, there was good music. I mean, but I, I would get really into like the stock music libraries and I, you know, yeah. I, I remember. I remember like having my floor of my apartments with like notes and stock music laid out on the floor with storyboards, like trying to mix and match little bits and pieces. Especially not in this one, but also especially in that one about the phone, the ringing phone. Sure. You kind of did it yeah. as like a spaghetti western. <laughs> so they're finding all that music really. Uh... Peter, Peter, off to, off to uh, refer you to a. Uh like a two-hour podcast that's all about um that the about um, um this that summer episode and uh it's uh they deconstruct it like college professors it's really good <laughs> <laughs> make every one of your every one of your every single thing that you did in that movie they, they're on top of you know it's like the even the like the filters that you're using so you might you might you feel you feel like you know feel good about yourself <laughs> John Yeck did just such an amazing job in yeah, yeah. designing the haunted house. Um, well, just, the, just, yeah. the, just the fact that he was able to clear out this basement because this, yeah. this was a pack rat nest, you know, of crap piled up to the ceilings, and the and they and they pulled everything out and they found these old like Cambodian Pan Am airline posters on the walls. So, you know, visit beautiful Southeast Asia, garden spot of. <laughs> Et wow. <laughs> also, also Pete's performance, you know, with uh, this, you know, this scene in the basement, the lighting on him, the sweat, the terror, just the emotions, you know, the rawness of it all. It's it's probably one of their one of his better performances. Yeah. yeah. 
It was also in that episode, which we'll get to, or in that part of this episode that we'll get to in a second. That's where we really were able to dial up Rick Gomez as an actor, his menace, and the comedy of his menace as well. Everything from, you know, well, 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 the kind of lines he's had to rubbing his hands just like he was, but he definitely seemed like a, like a larger than life goofball villain, but somehow I've never seen more scary than he did in this episode. But he, he had an innate connection to this, to this part, this, well, yeah. not this part, but this, this uh, execution of the part, this um, yeah. iteration of his part. Really loving the production design here. Like, look at all that stuff in the background, like those skulls with that hand on the top of that skulls. Uh, John Yak and his team did an amazing job. Look at that. It's fantastic. I love the, and the lighting in this is also, John, this is just beautiful, this cross hatching and uh, it's really great. Yeah, my, well, assumption is, my assumption is this was shot during the day in the basement somewhere, right? Yeah, I guess that this 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 helped us achieve a more of a nighty feel than we actually yeah. shot. Look at that this shot. Is, this is classic, classic pumpkin cam, pumpkin cam, <laughs> where we we mounted we mounted a half a jack o' lantern. Look just look at this right here. It's on a board. <laughs> there we go. Peter, you're the only guy. I mean, a lot of your a lot of your scripts like had all the symbolism built into it, you know, in ways that were very exacting. You were the, you were the uh, only guy that really like dug into like the different uh, subtexts of the show and brought them to the surface. You know, <laughs> well, this is that's right out of uh, the opening of um, it's Vincent Price and uh, House on Haunted Hill. You know, nice. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, like well, you guys, you guys always said you wanted you wanted mythic, and I, you know, so I totally, I, I <laughs> was happy to embrace that. You know, mythic and wistful. <laughs> yeah, I love the giant moon here. That I think if it were that close, we would all be dead. But it um, <laughs> it looked in that Halloween shot of it. I also love this episode, John Inwood, just oh, uh, from you know the camera side, just it's a nice balance of cameras that are clearly on sticks or on dollies, but also a fair amount of handheld too, especially in the earlier yeah. sequences when you're tracking along Big Pete as he's running from the dogs and running from the bad guys. That combination of like slightly looser handheld with the lockdown stuff is the style of that uh, I really love in this episode. Yeah, we mix, mixed it up. There, there's uh, that's a good pumpkin cam. We mounted the pumpkin cam with the camera on a board, and I, I I held the camera like this, went as close as I could <laughs> to Rick. <laughs> and but but it was it was so well thought out uh, that that you know it, it cuts to it on his head and it's it's perfect. It just cuts beautifully. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This pops best line. This is where he says stewed. <laughs> Good timing. Pause. It's, there you go. <laughs> what do you guys think of like? I mean, I, I obviously uh, you know uh, came up with uh, the Stooge line and uh, what was the other one idiot. I mean, it's yeah. like so not our show to be making these pop culture jokes. Like wink, wink. Did you guys ever did that ever bother you to hear like to go with those dumb little jokes that you know that that feel like I couldn't show off, off, off shit. <laughs> not at all. Oh, I guess Will has listened to some uh, you know some Mickey Bob records. <laughs> I might not appreciate it quite as much if it wasn't Iggy, but if it's Iggy, it's perfectly good. Yeah, I guess you're right. You got to be true. 
I mean, as someone who didn't know who Iggy Pop was when I was watching this, uh, it did not feel out of place. I never thought it was a reference. I just thought Michelle Trachtenberg had a, you know, kooky-looking father who um, occasionally <laughs> said phrases that I guess did sound a little weird, but considering some of the other lines that these characters say wasn't too out of place. That's true. I mean, you're right. That's true. Idiot, and uh, I mean, you're right. It was pretty smooth. Idiot and smooth. stooge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mr. So we'll, we've now come to the end of this. Um, I hope everyone really enjoyed um, listening to us talk about this. Yeah. And hope you yeah, and if you're, out there, if you're out there, kids, uh, thinking about maybe I should not trick or treat this year, you know, maybe I should just destroy the things I used to love. Well, we encourage you to just at least one more year. It's free candy. It's free candy. If, that, if we have to reduce it to that level, I will. Free candy. You know, uh, you can smash something else. It's not, you know, just don't ruin, just don't ruin Halloween. My son is is 15. My son Aiden is 15, and he is going to trick or treat. This could be it. All so, right. Enjoy it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna enjoy every moment. Oh man. Will you? Will you? Will you be there with, uh, alongside or nearby, or will he be going totally on his own? Um, I, I don't think he'll allow me to be close. <laughs> no, I don't think he <laughs> should. Going, going with three of his friends. Uh, there you go. They're doing like four characters based on a meme. Uh, <laughs> oh really? <laughs> be, wearing, be wearing the same outfit. And <laughs> Oh, nice! Oh no, no, I won't be allowed to. I'll, I'll unless I sneak behind him or something. Well, what kind of what what, what, what uh, kind of Halloween costume would you gravitate to back in the day? Um, I remember um, one that sticks to my mind is uh, me and two other friends dressed um, as cheerleaders, you know, with skirts and everything else. And uh, I realized, and then of course, one of my friends, one of the classic things you would wear as you got close to the age where you didn't want to like make a big deal about your costume was the uh, the old man costume you know and uh it, it worked out poorly for me because he was uh, an old man and he had a cane like uh i guess maybe even dirty old man and i was a guy wearing a skirt and I, unlike the other two guys who were pretty smart about it i was just wearing underwear under my skirt and um <laughs> the cane kept lifting up the skirt and my friend would crackle and after about two hours of that you know it's uh I kind of wish I'd maybe worn some shorts or maybe he didn't, if he didn't have a cane, that would also work. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, I know. It was, it was, I was, I was trying to go for Verite, you know, like I'm a cheerleader. What am I supposed to wear? <laughs> gotta, gotta keep it real. Uh, how about you? I was, definitely big, on, I was definitely big on things like with the, the head, like headgear. So it'd be like a football helmet or, or like a, like an astronaut, like in this episode, like an astronaut with some sort of makeshift astronaut helmet. Some, or, you know, one of those comic rubber masks that you could wear. That was always kind of the staple. I don't really remember, uh, I don't remember making my own costumes. I'm sure I did, but uh, it, it doesn't, nothing jumps to mind. John, what about you? What was your favorite Halloween costume as a kid? I think I, I, I didn't do anything terribly original. I think I did uh, Astronaut and Spider-Man. I think you did LSD once, right? Wouldn't you wind up on the... <laughs> A few times. Well, it's great to watch that episode. I, I had, hadn't seen it in, in a long time. Yeah. And, uh, really? I have to say, it, uh, it, it, it holds up. <laughs> it's really fun to watch. It's epic. <laughs> it totally well, I'll, is. Mention, I'll mention this too. You know, Chris, Chris um, that's your second script, right? You did. Um, yeah. So Chris had um, was mostly a you know uh, 
was a producer and uh, extraordinaire and uh, had produced uh, all of Pete and Pete's up to uh, up to the, um, the all nighter one um, were um, done by other people. And uh, suddenly he's like, oh, maybe I'll try to write a few. And of course they were like immaculate and amazing. Oh, I, I never realized that. Yeah. Yeah. What's your third one? one. The first You're not one as I happy was... about your third one. I mean, you never, you never talked about your third one as good as well. Well, the first one I did was uh, Nightcrawlers, Nightcrawlers, which I was, right. I'm still really proud of. And then this one was another one that, you know, was I was you know credited with. Obviously, everything we did on PP was always went through both Will and I. But the I have to say another episode that Peter, you and I, we talked about before is an episode that I really was happy that I with the rewriting that I did on it was Tool and Die. Oh yeah. Um, that was one of my favorite episodes and i was just i just mostly rewrote a fair amount of that one but that that turned out i think that was, was that your first episode no your first episode was the the uh bus the car ride yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Two and i was my it was the second season one. one i was really happy with that one too i thought it kind of yeah pretty great on all cylinders as it were you know so so what's uh what, what's it why are you not as proud of uh, lucky penny me yeah um who directed lucky penny was that peter you, you didn't direct that one did you no um i like that one it was epic i don't know you know just some some things some episodes when you write them and then you make them <laughs> i don't know but some work a little bit better than others or it's just more specific to to how you view it but uh, yeah. yeah i mean halloween i i halloween is definitely always towards the top of uh of anything yeah. probably that i've ever worked on as just a standalone piece just it captures being a kid in, in such really fantastic ways. It captures a sibling relationship in beautiful ways. I just, as we've talked about, I really love the way that it looks. It feels cinematic. I thought the acting of the of all of the cast, uh, especially some of the new characters that we brought with Ned, brought in with Ned and, and the others, that all just worked pretty magically. Yeah, it's really fun. It's it's fun to see it again. It's, but it uh, it just keeps unfolding and unfolding and unfolding. Yeah. And I have to say too, after you know, Will and I have done a ton of kid stuff over the years, and um, see, you know, all when we made Pete and Pete, certainly this episode, it was really like nothing else out there in the kid space. And then you watch this episode all these years later, because twenty eight years later, it still feels like I, I can't think of another kid show that went to that lengths production and story wise in a half hour episode. <laughs> I mean, Pete, Pete did that in general, but this episode in particular just feels like. That uh, raised the bar really high to to uh, yeah. levels I've been I've been seen matched and and I'm proud to say in, in a very long time. So you you guys, you guys always you know, you, you welcomed all, you know certainly all the directors to coming on board to do their own thing and and so you, so you you had a great variety of of stylistic approaches they all kind of felt like little indie movies you know yeah and and, and somehow in total the the aggregate of that was uh, had a continuity to it you know. Have you guys ever worked on, I'm just thinking about that, because um, every director, you're right, brought something different to it, some more than others, and uh, and we, we you know, because the uh, shows were like little movies, we didn't really care too much about whether one looked different from another, it just, that was actually felt like a bonus to do it that way, um, but I, I'm, I'm, you know, you guys have worked on a lot of different series, you know, with different directors, but like, you know, whatever, take pick whatever series you worked on, you, you don't really get to like, you have to kind of follow, I mean, you, there's not much room to do your person, put your personality into it, right? You just kind of have to shoot it the way that all the other shows are shot because it's it's a regular series and you can't just like reinvent it for fun, right? Well, there's a different, it's different. It's not, you know, like you, you uh, cause no, no matter what you're doing, you kind of give yourself limitations as a writer too, you know, 
you, yeah. you, you have to give yourself limitations or else you've got, you just can't, if you can do anything, you can't do anything, you know? Right. So, um, but somehow, like, I, like going, if, if I'm doing like an episodic thing, like embracing, embracing the limitations of whatever that show is, is a, is a creative path. But there's, but Pete and Pete was different because you, you, you would have to give yourself like, like the example of um, the call, the ringing phone one, like, okay, kind of feels like this, this could be, this could have a spaghetti Western genre, uh, right, kind of foundation to it. And then just go with that. But, but because it was Pete and Pete, like every episode, Tool and Die also, like every, every one of those, every episode could have like its own style, its own framework, yeah. you know. Pretty cool. And John, how was that for you with the production team? I mean, it's, it was fun for Will and I to say, yeah, directors, I kind of do your thing. It was obviously great for directors to come in and do that. But, you know, you were on the production side and your team was the constant through all that. Was that, uh, that make it fun or did that make it uh, a living nightmare? Oh, it's great. Well, I mean, I was eyes wide open. I, you know, I came in at the end of season two and I, uh, I think I was a little above my, you know, this was a big show for me. I, I was, uh, it was a big ambitious visual show. And I think, I, I think you set the bar very high in the visual bar and you, um, cast really talented young directors who most of which, most of them went on to have, have gone on to have incredible careers. And they all brought a little bit different things to it, but I learned so much from them, you know, from Peter Lauer and from um, Adam Bernstein and Chris Koch um, and Michael Spiller, who was the DP before me. And uh, I wanted to mention, I went on to, um, they helped take me and this show elevated my career uh, to um, becoming a network DP on some big shows, including the, the, the big, one of my biggest shows was Scrubs, which was also a very visual show. Pete and Pete was an incredibly visual show. We moved the camera. The camera was sometimes a character. Uh, we did innovative things with it um, that other shows didn't do. And many of those creatives uh, like Peter, and Chris and Adam and myself and Michael Spiller uh, all ended up on Scrubs, uh, which was my first big network show um, on that in that first season, and it uh, it had an impact on the development of the style of Scrubs, which is a very visual show that moved the camera a lot and was very stylized. Um, yeah, so uh, so what you, so John, what you're saying is is that we're responsible for the success of Scrubs, right? You you are. <laughs> you might want to talk to your agent about that. <laughs> well, John, John, John quick question. Malcolm in the middle and Malcolm in the middle annoyed me because I felt like oh they they completely copped their style from Pete. Pete. <laughs> It was a grabby show in its own right, but seriously. Yeah, I mean, but certainly it's like, yeah, knocking the middle. Was, there's some kind of a, it was a cross hybrid of uh, like Wonder Years and Pete and Pete, I think, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I was, John, what I was going to ask you was uh, when you had, back when you had Pete and Pete stuff on your reel, what, uh, what, what was, what made the, what, what ended up on your reel? Like, what were the highlights from the show that got, do you remember anything in particular? That's like, this has to go on, you know? 
Um, I don't know, but what what I did, what I loved was that we we would core, um, we would do choreographed sequences, and um, Peter would do them. Um, many of the directors with them, and I loved that. I really enjoyed, and I learned how to do it on the Adventures of Pete and Pete, which was to create a whole scene that choreographed sequences that one shot led to another specific shot, led to which you know, some motion movement moved you to another uh, shot and landed in a close-up and a shot became another shot. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I loved Halloween-y and uh, sequences from well, your other show, Splashdown, was great. Uh, you know, you know I think I'm, sure, I'm sure I incorporated like, you know, anything that, you know, DPs where you always want to do the big the big dramatic shots and the big stunts. So Splashdown had a bit of that. Pinned had some great sequences. Um, the Christmas mm -hmm. episode, that uh, Damon Santa Stefano, another incredible talent, right. Um, right. came in and really did something special with the Christmas episode. Um, uh, always very ambitious uh, sequences that I felt like I'm a little over my head here, but look, I'll do my best. I'll try to keep up. It's funny you should say that, John, because everybody on that show, ourselves included, we also felt like we were like, we're in over our heads. Are we, are we equipped to do to do it? So that's uh, maybe that's a good place to be. You know, you don't really know if you can do it. You cr and, well, you, you created an environment where it was a very visual show, and we all kind of wanted to like, okay, let's 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 see how far we can jump. You know, yeah, how high we can. But, you know, John, you just said something that I hadn't thought of. But if you look, if you look at this show, and I, I probably if we looked at any of these, there's no standard coverage. You know, it, it is a, every every shot is designed to move to something new, to something new, to something new. There's never it's never shot. It doesn't break down into you know shot reverse shot reverse shot. You know, standard. Um, and and even when it is shot reverse shot, it's like low angle reverse shot, high angle. Yeah, no, and not, not like wide lens close, you know. Uh... It's funny when you think about it because we think when, when our, with our storytelling approach, really the only thing that was consistent episode to episode, aside from the voiceover, was at some point in the episode, multiple times, two, three, four times, Big Pete was going to be on camera telling the story. But for the most part, that was it. Like we didn't have a house style in terms of he needed a wide shot and then an over the shoulders to like we didn't. Do that at all maybe we weren't smart enough to realize <laughs> that we probably should do that but i think will and i in general are pretty are quite collaborative i mean we you know we're collaborate with one another but i think we wanted the we, i know we wanted the show to be that way too which is partly why and maybe a certain amount of our own innocence kind of wanted the directors kind of who certainly knew more about that part of the craft of making things than we did even though they were like somebody like peter was doing you know early on your career doing full-time episodes, full-length episodes, like wanted it to look different than anything else out there, which in the case of PP meant, also meant the episode that came right before yours. Um, but uh, we wanted to do the same thing, which Will was the architect of. We wanted the show to sound differently than other certainly kid shows out there. We wanted to have guest stars like Iggy Pop we've been talking about, who you'd never find in other kid shows. And the combination of all those things, uh, when they work right, and they certainly did in Halloweeny. Uh, made well, it really Peter special. mentioned that you asked for Mythic. Yeah. 
I think you yeah. created this sort of hyper reality world, this world with hyper reality that called for. I think for Will and I, knowing Peter as we did, like when we said mythic, we knew that that was just like, you know, Peter would just run with that. Like, like you want mythic? We got it. I was thinking too, I was thinking too that the, um, you know, it's such a mishmash of styles. I mean, that's not the right word. That's, that's like, that's not doing any justice, but it was such a, just a, uh, uh, a combo assortment of styles that probably shouldn't go together and maybe for uh, a, an adult show people would have maybe thought it they didn't go together but somehow because of a million a million different uh, x factors uh it always seemed to and when I, one thing i'm thinking about is, is for all the cool shots we did and all the stuff you guys are talking about that involved uh, putting the camera in bizarre places and so on some of the I really love this show is a good example of it. You get you get that stuff, you know, really uh, high production value, you know, stunt shots, but then you'd have some handhold stuff for just people like talking in a doorway, and that was that was just so great. You could juxtapose those two different, totally different styles. One's intimate and feels realistic, and one is like completely heightened and not realistic, you know, unrealistic in a very heightened way. And um, somehow all those pieces went together in a way that they probably never will again. <laughs> just because. Uh, <laughs> The time was right. It was all about the zeitgeist, right? We just got it. We were at the right place at the right time. Well, to, I mean, when I came to the show, it was time. It really does. Uh, it lives in its own universe. Yeah. 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 It lives in a universe where you can't get it, watch it anywhere except on YouTube. That's the universe. <laughs> the universe <laughs> far away. Well, like, woo, the greatest show ever. You can't, you cannot watch it on streaming ever. Yay. Someday. Yeah, that's someday. the biggest crime of the streaming world is classic shows like this are um, you know not available. So yeah, hold on to your DVD sets and your YouTube streams, guys. Is all yeah, I have exactly. to say. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for uh, for uh, showing that to us, Andrew. It was fun yeah. to watch through it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you have it. I'd like to thank Will, Chris, Peter, and John for stopping on by and talking about this classic episode with us today. I hope you had as much fun watching this as we did recording this. Uh, well, yeah, it was great, uh, great talking to our audience out there. Keep watching the show, and uh, we, um, you know, it's very rewatchable. I'm told, so keep watching, and um, we're glad we could uh, talk about it all these years later. As you can tell, we still, we still are very um, infatuated with it. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for thanks for inviting us to do this. It was great to see these guys. As always, it's uh, it's always good to chat with our fellow past collaborators. And uh, I don't know, Halloween season, what better way to kick it off than watching Halloweeny? Absolutely. If you yes. know if you know any Neds in your neighborhood who are too old to be treat, don't please don't tie them to a tree. That's, that's my <laughs> final word on the subject. <laughs> you know, it's, it's 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 great to see you guys again, and, it, it, and thank you, Andrew, for putting a, putting us together here. But these 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 occasions do happen from time to time, and the, this the, this this show has the the, the 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 family that formed on this show is. Um, uh, it's it's still a happy family, and uh, when when they when they get together, it's happening. It's always a blast. It's been a, it's been a while, but we need another one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll host it. <laughs> <laughs>